0: Ronin Geek official podcast is a proud member of the Fourth Hand Podcast Network. Check out this and many other great shows at fourthhand.com. Huh? So now now we're going to do that all over again. <laughs> this is cool. Alex Austin with one episode 113. Uh, sorry, this is <laughs> God damn it. This is Alex Austin with episode 113 of Roto-Geek Official Podcast. We just did this whole preamble where we explain we're having COVID difficulties and all this shit's going on, but I forgot to hit record within Zoom. That's actually what we're recording on for this week. We're socially distanced, and I'm waiting on a COVID test results. That's what's going on in the world here. And uh, in on the pod with me today, all we have is Rob, because Adam has absconded from the podcast this week.
1: Yeah, he's out. So, uh,
0: and <laughs> out, minute. out. For many reasons, but in my opinion not enough. So there, there needs to be more reasons. It needs to provide us with more. So uh and I, I will expect that justification uh in writing uh and stamped by notary of the republic by next week. So this is very important and uh and because he's missing, we'll we'll need we'll need something. We'll need some kind of document. Formal
1: formal letter of apology.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely yeah, formal letter of apology address to every one of our 37 listeners of Rona Geek Official Podcast. So it'll be very, very exciting for everyone to get that. Okay. So anyway, uh, speaking of listeners, I think we are back up and running. I, I've been checking around to make sure that we're looking good everywhere. We had switched over to a different podcasting host, and I think we're good. We switched over to Red Circle. It's been good so far. A little bit of an advertisement for them. Um, my only hold up at, at least at the beginning, was that uh, the files are somewhat scaled down. And I was concerned about audio quality, but audio quality has not been an issue. On there so uh, there really is no discernible difference to my ear listening to a file that's 250 megabytes versus a file that's two gigabytes so to be quite honest with you so, oh,
1: it's, it, there's a difference. <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean, there's a difference, but honestly, I can't tell you what it is, So, because I've been listening, and uh, yeah, I, I listen as I edit, and then I listen when I upload, and it sounds the same to me. So anyway, the good news is we are back this week. We're going to talk about the last couple episodes of Mando. It's going to be a bit of a lightning round, just so we can get caught up, and this is going to be for episodes, what to be, 13 and 14 of The Mandalorian? so it's basically five and six of season two that's currently going on right now because we've missed this discussion uh i just posted a few days ago they had the episode four discussion now we're gonna do the lightning round of the episode five and six discussion i say lightning round but this could still go on for some time we don't really know there's no (laughs) expectation here
1: we know nothing (laughs) we know nothing as usual
0: and uh and we don't often do this remotely so so we'll see exactly how well it goes but uh, I can say we're going to we're gonna go ahead and skip on news for this week. So the big news is still coming up. It's going to be Cyberpunk for next week.
1: So, this week, which, uh, this, is, th- this
0: sorry. Thursday. Sorry. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, it's this Thursday it's coming out. So uh, this episode will be up uh, likely tonight. I think it's going to be a pretty quick and easy edit. So I'm just going to slap it. I'm just going to slap it in. And uh, we're going to have an episode up tonight uh, with uh, getting all caught up on Mando, sort of the the preamble to Cyberpunk here. And it'll be very exciting but we'll do next week is going to be heavy cyberpunk. And let's be honest. You know, we've been talking about it. Mm. I think it's safe to say this is about to become road geek official cybercast uh for the for the foreseeable future so i can't
1: yeah, we will bo- we will see that's further
0: so i i can't honestly imagine we're going to be doing watching or playing much else as far as news items go there hasn't really been a whole lot anyway like uh some movie announcements uh some filming announcements of things that are going on i know there was an official announcement around the filming of obi-wan that's happening there's an official announcement around the filming of the Rogue One series starring uh, Diego Luna that's filming. Oh, what was his name in the in the movie? I
1: can't remember. Uh, Cassian name, right? Andor. Yeah, Cassian and, uh, Andor
0: series. Yeah, K two S O. Yeah, so their series is filming currently. So there's a lot in the works. I know that they did uh, come out with I think it was a January. I want to say 15th or 18th or 11th. Anyway, it was a day in January, a release date for officially for Disney Plus for WandaVision, which is pretty exciting.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see that. Actually, you know what's uh, weird? I've been looking into a lot of, uh, I don't know how this happened. I got stuck in a like YouTube spiral where I was watching stuff on like <laughs> Dwayne Johnson. Oh, nice. Yeah, and uh, and his whole thing about Black Adam and like his like training regimen to get in like fit shape, and it's like insane.
0: Imagine someone as fit as him being like, you know what? I have this new movie coming up. I'd better get in shape. I'd better get in shape for this
1: role. <laughs> I, I don't think that's the case at all. I think he's always in shape. Because he, when he you look at like what he does to maintain... He's like, yeah, he's like, I have six days on, one day off. And then he's like, sometimes I just work out on that day off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> that's like his pastime,
0: right? It's what he enjoys yeah. doing. And he feels rewarded for doing it. And if you've ever worked in a corporate office, then certainly you've seen his inspirational video where he's talking about, you know, he has two workouts in, in the morning before the rest of us are even out of bed. And that's, that's the truth. Yeah. Like the guys, he's an absolute machine. I think he sleeps about five or six hours a night only. And the rest yeah, of that's the time he's, is completely yep. jam-packed. But he's definitely a guy who is highly regimented. And that's how he's been able to achieve so much in his life, including I, I'm pretty sure he's still counted as like the highest grossing actor of all time uh, really? in Hollywood. Like more of his movies have made more money and more movies that he's been in than, than any other actor out there. So which is pretty cool. So anyway, well, like more
1: than Meryl right. Streep?
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, her movies don't make a whole lot, dude.
1: <laughs> oh, really? They're just <laughs> well, yeah,
0: dude. Like like what Devil Wears Prada might have been her biggest one.
1: Mama Mia really didn't make like a killing.
0: Uh, I think I would guess those are probably her two biggest ones. I, I don't know if she's done much else that would be that big, but uh, a lot of good movies. Don't get me wrong. Like uh, Deer Hunter, great movie. Definitely would not have gone to see it in the theater. <laughs> So one best picture that year. So anyway, yeah. we'll go ahead and jump into Mando here, and this is a, a long time in coming. Obviously, is you know, big Star Wars fans ourselves talking about this for some time, making our predictions for some time, uh, knowing that Rosario Dawson was going to show up at some point as Ahsoka Tano. We finally see all that come to fruition in Episode 13, aptly titled "The Jedi." So yeah, here we
1: are. Here we are. Here we are. That Sweet. one was a really fun watch. Uh, But why don't you start with like what was your what was your favorite part of that episode? Because I mean, like going through with a breakdown. I mean, I think everyone knows it's pretty much just what uh, he's looking for the Jedi, Mm went to bring Ahsoka, who has a really fun opening. Uh, bit, where oh. she's cutting down a, like a bunch of security guards.
2: Freaking fantastic!
0: Freaking fantastic! And uh, so, what's interesting about Ahsoka Tano is uh, she's not technically a Jedi. She never finished her Jedi training because obviously uh, Anakin turned to the dark side but that's, actually, to...
1: that's not why she stopped, though. Interesting. She, why did had... Why did she stop officially? She didn't believe in the Jedi Order anymore, so Oof. she actually quit. She actually quit to Yoda's face. Hit that Yoda.
0: <laughs> she She just like gave him the finger to double finger and just walked away.
1: Yeah. She jumped uh, backwards off of a skyscraper on Coruscant and then into an air column. Oh, hell it yeah. That's, no, way that's how ahead. it happened. Oh, that's no, she, a... <laughs> she uh, effectively, she effectively just resigned when she was younger. I took that hook,
0: line and sinker, by the way, that was, uh, I was on board <laughs> for that, for that. Uh, for, that's what I'm going with. Anyway, anyway, Dave Filoni directed this. Uh, it was produced by John Favreau as well,
2: mm-hmm.
0: but uh, this is the first one that Filoni has directed. This this. it had a longer runtime, uh Forty-five minutes, which was nice to see, coming off a couple shorter episodes, uh, yeah. and, and certainly a very strong episode overall. Uh, I think my favorite moment, honestly, um, was probably just the exchange between Ahsoka and Dinjarin, and of course now, now the you know Baby Yoda, as we know, is Grogu coming from or Grogo coming from
1: Grogu, uh, yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, coming from their their conversations when they were out in the woods outside the city. And it was really cool because we finally got some details about uh, Grogu and kind of where he comes from and the fact that he was actually at the Jedi Temple when Order 66 was executed and uh, he managed to escape. And they haven't really delved too much into how he managed to escape yet, but certainly he did. And that's a really cool thing because uh, obviously the other younglings would have fallen prey to then Anakin Skywalker turning into Darth Vader. So which that mm-hmm. was that was the moment, right? That was the moment he became Darth Vader's when he took down the younglings at the Jedi Temple on Coruscant. So pretty wild that this is where we learn his backstory comes from. But that being said, uh, really cool, because now all of a sudden we start to see some actual character development for Grogu because she mentions that that you know the sphere that he holds based on his past uh, could potentially lead to the dark side, right? And, and right. because she's seen it all play out like that before. So I was actually thrilled to see, here's a character who's just been kind of a prop up to this point, you know what I mean? There's really yeah. been no character development for, you know, who we used to call Baby Yoda this whole time, was, this, yeah. this entire thing. Uh, but he's been such a huge cultural phenomenon up to this point. And now all of a sudden, uh, we start to see a character that has to stand on the merits of their character. And I really enjoyed that because it was a major turn for this franchise to take something like Baby Yoda. It's been essentially used as a prop. And we'll, we'll, we'll cover this again in, in the next episode when we cover it. I'm sorry, when we cover the next episode of the show in this episode. because there's more churns that are going to take place here. And it's really exciting to see him come into his own. So that was probably my favorite part. But I mean, that's like saying, dude, that's like saying, you know, my favorite part of this, you know, multi-icing cake was the top icing. You know what I mean? Like there was just so much to love out of this episode. And uh, certainly – I, I think this was just a piece of it, but you, know, you, you can't discount the lightsaber battles that happened, which are the first ones we've seen in uh, all of the Mandalorian, which was really cool. It was really good to see how well Jedi and lightsabers and all of that fit into the Mandalorian. And, and I like that they have set up Beskar as kind of the, like, I, would, I wouldn't call it like the, you know, the balance to the lightsaber situation. You know what I mean? But, but certainly it, it can hold its own you know what yeah, i mean it can, and, and...
1: yeah it's uh it's highly resistant it's not actually impervious
0: right um, as we saw yeah
1: yeah but uh yeah no it, that's uh that's actually extended universe stuff and i mean that's kind of what dave polney does right he cherry picks the parts he likes about the expen- extended universe and kind of slots it into the new stuff and he does that uh exceedingly well um oh,
0: thank god for him for doing yeah.
1: that <laughs> yeah well i mean like a lot of that seems to be piloted by him and I think that's a lot of it to do with the fact that he's like he was really close to Lucas and and still is, um, and I think he he's obviously a fan. I mean, I think that anyone who watches any of his any of his interviews would know that. Oh, and, absolutely. Uh, and as a fan, he's probably consumed a shit ton of content, so he knows a lot of the extended universe stuff. So. Yes,
0: totally. And that's obviously where all this Beskar stuff comes from, right? So he mm-hmm. set all that up, and well, uh, all uh, the Mandalorian
1: stuff, pretty much.
0: Realistically, he had already directed more about Mandalorians by such a long shot before he even got to do The Mandalorian, right? Just coming off of Rebels and all the others that have come before. So, you know, your, yeah. your Bo-Katans and your Sabine Wrens and all these people. Uh, very exciting that here's someone who really knows that that set of characters really intimately doing this live action series. So it's almost as if he he always knew he was on a path, you know, to do something like this. And he always had it in the back of his mind. But uh, obviously... Uh, Favreau is the guy who kind of empowers all that right right is one of the big chiefs down at Disney and and, and Lucasfilm so anyway yeah uh, I really liked the you know the the story of this episode is very simple obviously Mando was hired by the people like this sort of despotic ruler of this town to go and kill the Jedi that was plaguing them Uh, obviously Ahsoka Tano was plaguing them because she wanted one piece of information and one piece of information (laughs) only and that is where is your master to the woman who was holding the town down the evil general woman so yeah. and uh, who, who wielded that badass Beskar staff at the end and yes. uh, or Pike I guess you could call it so and then we come yeah. to find out that this master and this is major spoiler territory here uh is actually Grand Admiral Thrawn is who Ahsoka Tano wants to know
1: about right what a fucking mic
0: yeah. drop man what a fucking mic drop. My arms went up in the air. I cheered, hell yes, hell yes. I'm so excited that he's hinted uh, as, as being alive in this live action universe now. Man, I'm so excited. I still am.
1: It raises more questions, though. There is so much more that that, that, that entails. You haven't finished Rebels, so you don't understand. What you're right, you're means. right. Yeah, yeah.
0: I do still need to finish Rebels.
1: Because the, the literal last episode of Rebels throws this whole thing into a weird perplexing situation and there is so much that rides along with Thrawn's return that that means that there's going to be the return of other characters. That interesting, are
0: interesting, interesting. And and I think I know what you're referring to. I'm not going to say it on here for well, people. Go go and look it up. You're going to say it? <laughs> the time paradox? Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah no so there, there's a bit of a so spoilers sp- upon spoilers here you'll probably want to jump forward like five ten minutes I don't know Alex you can probably mark it but <laughs> I probably won't
0: for this episode fair, enough. <laughs> this fair is, enough this one's fast and furious in the editing
1: that's fair um, okay so ultimately uh, what happens here is uh, we know that when so Thrawn essentially went missing. Why is which is why he wasn't there for um a lot of the movies, right? Because during Rebels, near the end of Rebels, he goes missing. I'm not gonna say the instances of why he goes missing, but he does along with um Ezra Bridger also goes missing.
0: Gotcha. Okay.
1: As to why that's the case, I'm gonna let you watch the show and And find we never
0: it. find out if Ezra Bridger is alive or dead at the end of it, right? Northron. Okay. Okay. So, so that both means... of them disappear. Highly likely Ezra Bridger makes some sort of appearance, but probably not in the show. And the reason why I say that is this it's been reported, and I can't remember if it was Deadline or whoever. Uh, I actually took a screenshot of it, and this is regarding Rosario Dawson's role as Sokotano. So it's actually been reported that she is now signed on for three Star Wars films being written, produced, and directed by John Favreau and Dave Filoti. And these are allegedly going to be the next three films to come out starting in 2023. Is my understanding. Awesome. So, uh, so that's is,
1: that's probably the Ezra bomb right yep, there.
0: Yep, that and Thrawn. Right, I, I would suspect that's going to be the Thrawn arc as well. So, uh, oh, here it is. This came from WeGotThisCovered.com dot com. So Rosario <laughs> Dawson reportedly signed on for three Star Wars movies, and obviously, it could Thrawn could be a portion of that. Uh, Ezra Bridger could be a portion of that. Right, Grogu. You know, if he if he mm-hmm. you know becomes a mainstay character, could become a portion of that as well. But there's there's a pretty huge gap you know between uh the end of return of the jedi where mando is taking place and certainly the beginning of you know what is now canon and the force awakens there's a pretty big gap in there of, of what just what happens you know what i mean like how does it get to the point where the force has to then go to ray and get Rey to start training to become a jedi to save the universe when you know we already have some of these older heroes kind of running around the galaxy uh, and yeah. I, don't, I don't know much about a Tano's species, but I don't know. Do they live longer than humans? Would she still be um, you know, sort of fighting of by they're the, time... the, same. About yeah, the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, she, she'd be an old lady then by the time they get to uh, uh, Force Awakens. So that, that would make sense. But yeah, it's just going to be interesting to see the different paths this takes. Because uh, there's a lot of Jedi sort of running around the universe at this time. Uh, the Star Wars universe at this time. And we just don't have a lot of sight on. We're still all wondering if, you know, Cal Kestis is going to show up at some point, right? That's... Jedi Fallen Order
1: yeah that's been my my big thing is I think it's gonna be Cal and, Um I think that there there's a lot more reasons to have Cal than anybody else.
0: Oh he's an absolute shoe in the actor is still he's still active yeah. he's still young he's still fit he's ready to do the role and uh, and he did so extremely well uh, acting out the portion in the game right In fact that's easily uh, my a more favorite Star Wars story of mine coming from that game than all mm-hmm. of the sequel trilogy absolutely. But-
1: but the reason why he's a better shoe in, though, is regardless of all that, which is that's all completely true, and I agree. Um, but the the reason why I think he's a better he's a better fit for this situation is because Grogu's experiencing something that Cal's already gone through, which was uh, damage with your connection to the Force. True. Which is hmm. something that Ahsoka brings up pointedly. Uh, she says, "Oh, like you know." Him being out of—he's—he's be, he's like out of touch with it because he hasn't been using it. He—he's kind of shut himself off from the force. So she's talking about Grogu, um. So there's—that's everything that Cal Kestis was, and we know that um, Cal eventually went out into the galaxy and did more stuff, but we don't know what that is. Now we know that there's another game coming, and I can almost—I can almost guarantee you that if. Hal does show up in The Mandalorian, it's going to be followed very closely by a trailer for Sad to game.
0: Oh, man. I, I would love it. I really, really enjoyed Fallen Order. That's, they did such an incredible job on that game. Easily my favorite you know, single-player Star Wars experience I've ever had, uh, for obvious reasons. Man, it was just such a tight game. Mm-hmm. Um, really, really incredible. So that would be good to see. And so obviously this episode ends on a high note. Uh, so we have Mando then taking away uh, then Baby Yoda, now Grogu. They're going to visit a uh, planet Sorry, I was trying to get the planet, the name of the planet that they went Tython. to here. Tython, yeah. And this is an ancient Jedi planet toward the core of the galaxy uh, where the Jedi once had set up this, uh, I don't know if it's like a temple. Or this hilltop <laughs> me, temple. Me,
1: where... there, there's actually a little more to it. Uh, Tython is actually the original planet of the Jedi. That's where the original, the original scientists that went to Tython mm-hmm. studied the Force and became the first Jedi.
0: And then uh, that's where the original Jedi Order was formed.
1: And technically the Sith interesting yeah, because that's uh some of the people who um wanted to go in a different path with their learning of the force uh there was a bit of a, a call it a a bit of a fight like a fractionalization of the order right going on and those people left and when they yes. left they actually um in extended universe lore they found the sith species and then of course crossbred with them and made the yes. Sith empire
0: awesome awesome so there's there's a lot of direction they could take just from the Lauren net as well but that that's essentially where they're going for what is coming up now episode 16 so sorry 14 so this is episode 14 of Mandalorian, episode 6 uh, of season 2 out of 8 episodes so after this there will only be two episodes left but this honestly once we get to this episode now uh and this one is called sorry this one is called is the I tragedy have, yeah, yeah the tragedy so it's just very foreboding Uh, title for this episode i really wasn't (laughs) sure what was going to happen when we got into this one
1: it's kind of funny because i actually called two two of the plot points right away um which was i figured that uh i mean obviously spoilers but um the child uh would get abducted because i didn't think they'd kill him uh oh
0: sure certainly they wouldn't kill him yeah
1: but um and and the other thing i actually called was they were going to destroy the ship which uh, I was actually a little more surprised that that one was accurate. I knew I, I pretty much had to convince myself that um, Ger was gonna get stolen
0: yeah yeah and we'll get to the ship too because we've had predictions since the beginning for what's going to happen there Now one thing I should say before we finish episode 13 completely off uh, Michael Bean is Lang so he's sort of the captain of the guards of that town. do you know who that was yes. did you did you catch that?
1: No no I this, didn't
0: He's much older now so it's hard to tell but he played Kyle Reese in the original two Terminator films so he's he was also an oh, alien shit. he was also in the original alien he's been in a bunch of james Cameron. Yeah, films.
1: no, i like I, I knew him by look but i didn't know him by name yeah i, th- I thought it was very I very cool i didn't recognize that he was from, from that actor but now oh, that, me neither. Now that you i, I recognized it, i, recognize dude, I recognize that recognized that
0: the shit out of him so i had to go look it up i'm like this this guy this guy anyway so that was pretty cool and then the lady who played the sort of uh, Kung Fu Pike, Chitta, uh, you know, Master Lady with the with the Besker Pike. Uh, I looked mm-hmm. her up as well. Her name was Diana Lee uh, in in Inosanto. You know, uh, her name was Morgan Elsbeth in the uh, in the episode. But she hasn't really been in much as like a title character. However, she does a ton of stunt and uh, choreography in Hollywood. So pretty cool.
1: Nice. Diana. Um I was going to say actually one thing that he brought in um, as the Captain of the Guard, he had a weapon that we haven't seen yet in on screen at all and i was super excited to see him using it he has a scatter gun.
0: yeah it was like a shotgun type thing
1: yeah it's a it's a it's it's exactly what it is it's a blaster variant of a shotgun yeah that was Um, really interesting yeah it was it was actually really exciting to see because like almost nobody uses them and i was always like wow that's really a shame because they're they're actually a very cool weapon and one of my favorite things to use in uh uh like any game where that would ever be possible mainly tabletop games but yeah
0: yeah yeah extremely cool to see that kind of make an appearance then they say
1: i'm disturbed
2: welcome to hysteria 51 a weekly odd cast of mysteries conspiracies the unusual and the unexplained
0: do we have a laser thermometer to figure out if admiral bird is here i'm pointing the laser at the wall now Ooh. 71 point 71.2, Admiral Bird is here.
2: With John, Brent, and Conspiracy Bot.
0: You're all idiots.
2: Yeah. Join them each week as they clarify conspiracies.
0: I'm a Stuart Swerdlow, I promise. I am human and I do human things.
2: (laughs) Explore enigmas. It's all about ley lines and you'd understand that if I could explain it to you. And probe the paranormal. Hysteria 51 is a hilarious expedition into the eccentric.
0: Stop on my joke. I will when they're
2: good. Tune in each week and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And remember, the truth is out there, but you won't find it here.
0: Stay woke, meet sex. And then uh, we also have going into episode 14, then. This was a big one for us. Honestly, this is what I'll say about episode 14. This is a culmination of. 25 years of myself being a star wars fan wanting to see some things come to fruition <laughs> uh and uh and, and and man did they deliver and, and i'm just absolutely blown away by not just them delivering but them actually taking extra steps to really cement it and solidify it as uh, a part of this story going forward like this the show took a major turn in in this episode and uh, not not like not a distinct turn, it was always heading in a direction like this, but it just took a, a turn. In uh, that, there's certain characters now who are going to be more central to the story of this season, at least, which is really cool and hopefully far into the future which we won't find out until the end of the season but uh so the first one of those that we should probably mention is uh the return of boba fett uh as as a main character in this episode uh this is of course played by Tumour morrison who played uh the beloved jango fett in the prequel trilogy yes. the father of boba fett and the father of many hundreds of thousands of clones so Both very very
1: exciting. boba is also a clone
0: Technically, Boba is also a clone of of his father. And then some crazy... And we'll just... At the top of this episode, we'll just talk about this real quick. So, uh, a couple things they established here. Let's just get this out of the way, Rob. Uh, They they are Mandalorians. They are Mandalorians. Jango Fett was a foundling, so they established this, which means he was a foundling to watch.
1: um, But the... Well... Okay, so not necessarily a foundling of a watch, because foundling is actually a term I think that's used wider. Oh, for, for um, all Mandalorians. And a, and I don't know that for a fact, but I'm pretty sure, because the foundling okay. is still relatively new. Okay, from, well, that's fine. I, they do but,
0: establish as well that he's a foundling, though, which does effectively but, make him a Mandalorian.
1: Not necessarily. Well, it does, though. Not necessarily. Yeah. Because No, not necessarily. They even because, had who he got the armor but, from. But wait, there's a there's a big caveat there. You're missing a piece of information. Remember that Django may have been, at one point, Mandalorian, but he turned his back on them when he went to the cloning facilities. Correct, yes. And then when that happens, do you think Boba's a Mandalorian? Because he's definitely not.
0: No, no, but I, I would say at least in, in the sense that the armor still belongs to them because it was given to them. And I don't think it's given on a Sure, the they have Mandalorian armor. Yeah, yeah I, I don't think it's given on the precondition that you stay Mandalorian or that you stay a part of the Creed, right? But, uh, and that's actually, so by the end of the episode, Boba Fett is actually showing a sort of lineage on the little hologram that he brings up, right. It's showing, right. You, know, you know, my father had fought in the, in the, in the Mandalorian Wars and, you know, here's, you know, here's this armor that was awarded to him and has been passed on to me. And, you know, it was just, it was cool to finally get some kind of lineage there to really cement him in as his character. Now uh, in the return of Boba Fett, a few things happen. I mean, one, the first thing that happens in the course of the episode this episode directed by robert rodriguez Actually, which is really
1: which, interesting. I actually had no idea that was coming. So I was like, What? It was <laughs> so random. That,
0: it was so yeah. random. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It
1: makes sense. It makes sense given the action sequences and stuff like that. Oh and sense.
0: oh my god, did he nail it? Uh Boba Fett so shows up uh at first in, in just the slave one. And as soon as I saw the slave one flying in, just like you know, all all, all fans of the, uh, Star Wars, we knew some shit was about to go down, which is pretty mm-hmm. exciting. In fact, even did Jar and says, All right, it's time to go. Uh, to Baby Yoda. Now, when when they do show up to uh, typhon the first thing they do is he takes Baby Yoda up to this sort of altar, places him on top, and then uh, looks away, and when he looks back, there's this blue wall, this blue, I don't know, force wall up around Baby Yoda as he's doing his little meditation, right? And yeah. uh, it's impenetrable, can't get through. While this is happening, the Slave One flies in, can't get away, so he decides to go and try to, try to hold things down to buy Baby Yoda some more time, or buy Grogu some more time. So, he doesn't buy much time, because <laughs> I think Boba, or uh mingna when who came back as fennec shand in this we're, we're already shooting at him but it's time to yeah. get up to him but they established pretty quick that this is not a throwdown between dinjarin and boba fett this is this is something entirely different
2: yeah so
0: pretty good. exciting so uh, what what are your thoughts you saw the slave one fly in you knew
1: yeah so when when that happened uh i was like okay this is interesting and then as soon as he's like oh well, Susie as as made mention of another person. I knew that it was gonna be Fennec because obviously we see somebody approach Fennec's body when that happened. Uh, Fennec Chan's body. Uh, I really liked that they gave her a cybernetic prosthesis for, yeah. her, for her gut. That was is, cool, which is great too because it's always funny. I, I would, uh, so this is good for me because it just vindicates some of my arguments, <laughs> which you know, totally petty of me, but uh, ultimately, what it came down to is that um in the star wars universe i've never been playing like tabletops things like that i'm like you don't realize how much you can come back from damage wise in these games Mm -hmm. and in the story like the world itself there's so many ways to survive a close encounter with death if somebody takes the time to try and save you um there's a lot of advancements in medicine and there is insane advancements in cybernetics uh even if the star wars cybernetics don't really make sense they're still fun um So, when she showed that, I was like, that's fantastic. That's 100% the way to do it because that is something that is never utilized. Uh, outside of Luke getting a replacement hand, which has always driven me fucking up the wall. Well, that and, and, well, that, stated, and Darth Vader. Yeah.
0: Well, Darth Vader and then the the cartoon series as well with or the animated series as well with Darth Maul right, kind of coming back after having lost yes. his uh, yeah. his lower torso. So it's uh, it is it, it is interesting to kind of see that come into play here. And it was good because Fennec Shand, uh, great character. Glad they brought Big Bingo 1 back for it. Uh, yeah, you yeah, know, Bingo she's like 50. Awesome. She's over 50. Yeah. yeah. Like, no, dude, she's... she looks like she's 20. I'm like, yeah. what is she's going awesome. on? Yeah. So she's, she's timeless, great actress, been in a lot of stuff over the years, and, and it's really exciting to see her come back.
1: Uh, yeah, she's in made in Yeah.
0: Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. That's right, which I'm also watching. Yeah. So uh, we won't get to that too much in this episode, though. No, but, of course not. <laughs> uh, some other big characters come back in this as well. Gene Carlo Esposito is very central in this episode as he is leading the assault on the altar trying to get a hold of baby yoda and now the other thing that happens here which you also predicted is the death trooper what is it death troopers
1: uh no those are not the death troopers those are the uh dark troopers thank you dark yes yeah, the, so, the droid base yeah was you, funny you, no you somebody told tore into, somebody tol- tore into me about that because they said oh you call them death troopers i'm like you're right i keep making that fucking mistake uh, they are Dark Troopers. Yeah, Dark uh, Troopers it, are of, the names are so goddamn similar. Yeah,
0: they they are. But and realistically, did he have start? Death Troopers last season? The one, the the human, the the humans in yes. the black yeah. armor.
1: Yes, he did. Okay, but the um the Dark Troopers um actually don't originally have black armor, and this doesn't matter. This really doesn't matter. Normally in the lore, they are actually made to look like really tall robust stormtroopers. They're actually put in like a stormtrooper looking casing uh, to kind of conceal that they're droids. Because don't forget, combat droids are technically illegal in the Empire uh, because of the whole um, Clone Wars incident.
0: Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. So that's that's why... Uh, yeah. Again, that that led to Mando being very weary of droids at the beginning of the series, if we look back, right, because he was attacked by some of those droids when he was a child. And then uh, his parents were killed. and He became a foundling as a result of that. So yeah, that, that's even very real, even in this show.
1: Yeah, but before anyone goes, oh, but K-2SO is a security droid. Yes, that's the loophole they use. Security, security droids yeah. are okay. Yeah. Military droids are not okay. Right,
0: right, <laughs> right. So, uh, yeah, and these, are, these are full-on military droids, uh, you know, touching down like Iron Man, grabbing Baby Yoda after he does a little meditation. Off, yeah. and, and we don't know yet what happened during the course of that meditation. So maybe he did get in touch with another Jedi. Maybe another Jedi got in touch with him we don't know i can tell you one thing that the internet is calling for in in a major way is for sebastian stan to play luke skywalker in a future episode of this (laughs) people really want to see for whatever reason sebastian stan which he does kind of look like a a young luke to some extent uh so it makes sense why they're calling for him specifically this is obviously who plays uh winter soldier in the uh marvel and the mcu they want him to come in as luke skywalker which i don't think is going to happen i think they're going to stay away from the skywalker family from here on out and rightfully uh, yeah. so but uh yeah. but yeah it, it would be an interesting cameo to see nonetheless and i had to look up i'm not sure because i when they said Titan, i'm like well could that be one of the planets where maybe like uh where luke was training leia for instance when they did the flashback in uh the rise of skywalker and i could don't be. think it was
2: uh, no, yeah, it because, could be.
0: Yeah, it I could think be. I, like think, I, think
1: the, planet, right? I think the canon lore does place the New Jedi Order on Tython.
0: Yeah, yeah, which makes perfect sense. So anyway, but, but uh, I think
1: th- where they trained was Endor.
0: Yeah, there, there, could yeah, it seemed like Endor. So, there, so there could be, there still could be some things that are going to happen here that are interesting, uh, kind of out there with around Jedi, but we just don't know because Baby Yoda has now been captured. By Moff Gideon and 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 the Dark Troopers, so he's now on what 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 class of ship is this? The Star story you're flying around on.
1: Um, it's a cruiser. I'm struggling to recall exactly what it is. Interceptor? But it, it, no. No, just a cruiser. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I, it almost looked like it was similar design to the Clone Wars era Acclimator, because of the way that its engines, uh, like the um, thruster segment. Is kind of like partitioned off from the rest of the hull. That's very, that's very Clone Wars era. But uh, it, it is, clearly. yeah.
0: The whole thing looked very Clone Wars era, which is pretty cool. And then, uh, and obviously, we see some of those ships actually being disassembled at the beginning of uh, Jedi Fallen Order as well. I recall uh, those are some of the ones that are being disassembled on the planet where you are at first. Yep, accla-
1: so, and venditors were being just disassembled. I think. So, uh, cool. Couple
0: cool things here. One, Boba Fett uh, actually makes some sort of deal. He's trying to make a deal with Dinjar early in the episode, saying, "If you give me my armor, I'll ensure the safety of you and the child." Right? It's kind of his deal he's trying to make there. Right. And then, uh, and then, certainly some some things go awry. The child gets kidnapped. Uh, the Razor Crest gets absolutely annihilated by Moff Gideon's ship. Just one yeah. shot, done. <laughs> <laughs> It's freaking gone, man. That but, was so but that's so That's exactly
1: what happens when a unshielded ship gets hit by a turbo laser. One yeah. turbo laser, <laughs> and that's important because now you understand exactly how much power is behind those, bl- those huge fucking blaster towers. It's oh, vaporized. Yeah. It's vaporized.
0: Like that shit is just gone. There's no parts left. There's like, there's like the little ball thing that they probably grabbed for some plot point and then the best Beskar staff and that's it. Like there's nothing else left of this ship. So Joe's absolutely dying from. uh, So anyway, so what happened that we predicted has come to pass. The Razor Crest has been destroyed. And of course now Mando has gotten his first ride on a fire spray class ship on the Slave 1. So they go back to Navarro because he's now trying to recruit Cara Dune. And of course through Cara Dune, he's trying to recruit Mayfeld. Uh, to help them locate Moff Gideon's cruiser so they can lead an assault. And this is because Boba Fett still wants to follow through on the deal to protect the child, which is fucking awesome.
1: So (laughs) So now we have Fett, Shand, the Mandalorian.
0: Dude, dude, just... uh, And what about that fight scene with Boba Fett? So first first before he gets his armor back uh so this is tomorrow he's fighting with a gaffy stick he fights with the gaffy stick he's fully decked out like like a sand person he even has the long rifle as well right Mm -hmm. just like the sand people carry and uh and so he just he's just ripping dudes apart with this gaffy stick just just clubbing them in the face Their stormtrooper armor breaking off and flying everywhere very awesome fight sequence when he gets the armor back, he's beating the shit out of this other group of stormtroopers. And he does this thing where he punches one in the stomach and it shoots a rocket directly into him from his gauntlet yeah. and sends the guy launching back, which is just so badass. But it was great to see like him come back and just be such an absolute savage. Uh, what a fucking awesome sequence to see take place in the Star Wars universe. And honestly, man, i it's my favorite episode of this series so far. Having Boba Fett come back, like it's such a realization of childhood dreams to see him as a character. Like a real character that they take seriously, right? Mm-hmm. And not just a prop for the background or somebody to toss into the Sarlacc. Like this, this is the Boba Fett that we all know and love that we really want yeah. to see. This is the Boba Fett that fans of the Expanded Universe have wanted to see the entire time. This is a huge sort of coming-to-life moment for, for a character in the Star Wars universe that that has just been so, so incredibly far past his due, honestly. Like, just. It it, it's was. painful how, how painfully far we are past him <laughs> receiving his due. But here he is getting respect, and uh, and, and I'm thrilled, man.
1: It, it was Absolutely actually... Thrilled. Really fun to see because that was in a lot of ways the book version of Fett that we've had in the extended yeah. universe for the longest yeah. time. But the one thing that I have to give them props, and I'm thankful that they did this, they didn't shy away from the fact of showing that he has um, all of the acid burns and and combat scars and stuff of his lifetime. Sure. Because a lot of that stuff paints him as a character, and so when they included that in. And how he he's presented to us in The Mandalorian, I thought that was fantastic.
0: And also his armor and everything, right? Like presumably a lot of the paint uh, from the armor being uh, melted off by the 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 juices inside the sarlacc. So when uh, when he fell mm-hmm. in there, so it's pretty exciting to see even even that little detail uh, really being observed as well. So yeah. honestly, man, they just they they nailed it with Boba Fett. Thank God they got more Morrison back. He's he's the perfect guy for it. I, I think he just did such a fantastic job. Uh, I love that they've worked him in as 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 uh, a major character in, in the current season plot arc. Who knows what happens after? I, I suspect if if they're going to continue to get the response that they already have, uh, which honestly, I'm watching the memes on on the big pages I follow and everything for for Star Wars and The Mandalorian. The Boba Fett memes have been far and over, like far and away uh, the most popular ones. Like uh, like they're getting they're getting. 1,200, 2,500, 3,500 likes off of a single meme when I normally see a Baby Yoda meme get, you know, a few hundred. So, so we're talking just a massive chunk of the Star Wars fandom is just all about this development specifically. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, everyone exactly. wants this. So bad. And then once you pile on top of that, you talk about, you know, Ahsoka Tano coming out as a potential main character in future films where, where she's potentially battling the the forces of Thrawn, you know, potentially seeing someone like Cal Kestis pop up, potentially seeing someone like Ezra Bridger pop up, potentially seeing, you know, the, the, the sort of, I don't know, if it's, you know sort of uh, time dilation or time paradox sort of show up into this as well. I mean, th- this is the future of Star Wars that I think everybody wants. You know what i mean and and mm-hmm. versus what we ended up getting for the sequel trilogy which you know i think i think now we can we could just say maybe you know maybe jump the gun a little bit you know what i mean in terms of uh what, what we could have gotten out of star wars so it's just uh, it's interesting to see all these new directions being set up by the mandalorian to take this universe in that just didn't exist before to, like think about it like uh, before the very first episode of mandalorian some of these characters were out there already but just in you know, the animated series, but now that it's made to jump into live action, now it just blows up the potential of what else we can get out of them uh, yeah. in terms of feature films and everything.
1: I'm, I'm interested to see how this develops. Cause I'm sure that we're going to get another um, animated series soon. Yep. Um, and uh, with them taking it this direction, it's, it's a really good, I think, especially for things like the fan base and stuff like that, which was super divided over the last few movies because of what was effectively a huge blunder by the company. Yep. Um, to see The Mandalorian come back in such a huge force and pull people back in, I think it we came out at the right time. Um, and it's it's developing into something so great that so that when we do go and get more movies, I think people are going to be willing to at least attempt to trust done again
2: yeah and you know
0: we we have to look at it this way too so if they had done the sequel films directly off the tail of you know return of the jedi somehow you know what i mean what if Mm -hmm. they didn't place it 30 years into the future then honestly we probably wouldn't be getting the story that we're getting now and we wouldn't be getting the direction that we're getting now so on some level you know maybe it kind of had to play out the way that it did for something yeah, like The Mandalorian so. to happen, for Dave Filoni and John Favreau to take the helm of it, which is the right move, for Kathleen Kennedy to kind of step back and step away a little bit and allow these guys to be creative in their own way, to allow them to bring in uh, established directors like Taika Waititi and Robert Rodriguez into this uh, versus just a bunch of indie directors. I, I think, honestly, th- there's so many things happening here that that really had to happen to save Star Wars, and and we see that all taking place now. And uh, all I can say is just thank fuck for Filoni and Favreau, honestly. Like, just thank fuck for these guys. Like, I just, I I can't imagine where we'd be without them at this point if we didn't have Mandalorian. uh, I probably wouldn't be too much of a Star Wars fan at this point if it wasn't for Mandalorian, uh, because it really saved it for me. But uh, yeah, man, I, I think, uh, yeah, my faith is, is being restored in, in huge chunks now uh, that we have fucking Boba Fett with lines, with fight scenes in Slave 1, traversing the, traversing the universe within Jaren, uh, a character we now know and love. And uh, man, it's just it's so exciting. So exciting. So anyway, I'll quit gushing. I, I, I cease to gush. So uh, predictions, though, what do you think for this next episode? Obviously, Friday. We're coming up here, uh, we're going to get episode 7 of season 2 or episode 15 overall. Obviously, I think this will be kind of the the gathering of Mayfeld and tracking down, you know, uh, uh, Moff Gideon's ship and maybe even going after him. But I, I think the big showdown is definitely going to happen in uh, episode 8.
1: I'm interested to see how it's going to play out. I don't know how it's going to play out, but uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what what happens here. Oh, because, and
0: his, we forgot the detail about Baby Yoda and his dark dark side proclivities they showed, right? Where he's sort of force choking these stormtroopers while he's in captivity.
1: Yes. So, so yeah, there, yeah. So there was that. And so... But, I mean, we've seen him force choke people before. Yes. Um,
0: it has happened playing, once before. Dune, right? Dune, yeah.
1: yeah. Um, so, I mean, we, we know that he knows how to do this. It's not like some secret technique. I don't think it really is even probably that difficult to do a force choke. Pretty much like I want to use move and pinch something. Down. Uh, but the to see where it could potentially develop where Grogu ends up starting off as a cherished character and then maybe be, maybe he does plummet for like a movie or something, yeah. or like a, a season, I should say, because this is, I don't see this is necessarily going to film, but hey, it might. Um, and then c- come back in a redemption arc. I mean, I think that that's totally possible. But the, the problem that I have here is that remember that he's 50. So Mm -hmm. like the fact that he's 50 is important to remember because that means that in this universe timeline, he's not going to become an active primary character anytime soon.
0: Correct. Correct. I mean, you'd be looking at a, at a, you know, whatever his species is, maybe around a hundred or 150, they become a prominent character, right?
1: Yeah. So there's, there's a good chunk of time. That's probably going to pass. I think that he'll be kind of instrumental in rebooting the new Jedi order. Yep. Uh, since uh, Luke's now canonized blunder. Yep. I think that that's totally possible and I think that whoever helps him along is going to be somebody who's going to be prominent in the future as well. Um, Yeah. And then
0: that could even be a character they build to kind of take us even past you know the the sequel trilogy right. Who knows. Who knows. It could go it could kind of go anywhere from there. But uh, yeah very exciting to see. Uh, Anyway I think this is heading in the right direction. I cannot wait Friday to see what they have in store for us for this next episode uh, I'm just absolutely blown away that we're getting star wars this high quality I think honestly the last two episodes Mandalorian uh, it's my favorite Star wars that's happened since uh, uh, at least on live action since um, the original trilogy like honestly it's just it's it's just so absurdly good uh, there's just no way to not love it if you're if you're a big Star wars fan so yeah exciting stuff all around but um anyways that's that's been our journey with mando so I guess we could do some playing and watching real quick and then wrap it up
1: Sure, yeah. Well, what have you been up mm-hmm. to?
0: Um, well, I haven't gotten to see too much more of the um, uh, Marvel's uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I haven't gotten to see too much more of that. Uh, I did play a crap ton of Hyrule Warriors, though. I was trying to finish it up uh, so you can borrow with and then and check it out. Uh, oh, v- very oh, good thanks. game. I-, I can tell you, you know, one, one major problem I have with it is, is you know, and this is the same point I get to with, like, a lot of Dynasty Warriors games in the past, is that at some point you end up having to start using characters to unlock things that you don't really like and uh, right. I'm, I'm, I'm to that point now where there's really nothing left to do for the characters I do like and a couple of the car- characters I've left to unlock really require me to dive deeper into these characters who I think just suck for lack of a better word they're not they're not well balanced they're not they're not good they're difficult to control I, I just I don't know why I would use them uh, when I have such incredible characters to use, there's a handful, you know, five or six in the game who are very, very good, and then uh, and then the rest who just like really are not great at all for any reason whatsoever. So um, anyway, I'm hitting that I'm hitting that wall now, and I'm about forty hours in, so I just I really don't give a shit to see what up there is. Uh, some big surprises in it. King Rome is one of the unlockable characters. is a really cool fucking character. He's a great fighter as well. Uh, so I've been very impressed with King Rome, as he has sort of an altar. He does, like, the um, the hooded, cloaked figure that you see in Breath of the Wild. And uh, he does, like, a lot more vertical attack with that guy, which is really interesting. And then, uh, see, uh, we, we talked about it last time, but, um, oh, what's her name? Urbosa, she turned out to be really, really good. Link's really good. The second form that Princess Zelda takes is really, really good. I did not like her original form. But once she gets a hold of the of the light bow, she becomes an absolute badass. And her magic attacks are just second down in the game. Like, she's freaking phenomenal as a, as a major sorceress-type character at that point. So, uh, so again, there, there are some really amazing standout characters in it. But then the ones who you end up having to use in late game to unlock things, just they just suck, man. They just absolutely suck. And when you have to do, like, time trials and stuff with them, it, it just gets really annoying. So, anyway, I'm pretty well over it. But the game is very, very good. I'd recommend it to anybody, especially if you're a Dynasty Warriors fan. And it will be interesting to see if there's more DLC for it in the future but uh other than that that's really all i've been up to i've just been sort of biding time for cyberpunk like that's really all i'm doing Uh,
1: yeah you and me both i mean i've been playing a lot of um uh some older titles or titles i just didn't get time to get around to and i'm like really happy that i found the time to get around to them uh so like i've been playing you know risk of rain 2 which i've talked about before Just kind of like a horde shooter game um, new DLC came up for Warhammer, Total War. Yep. Um, uh, but I've been playing things, you know, Phasmophobia's beta, trying out the prison level, playing Project Zomboid because I've had my zombie survival thing going resurging.
0: Is that like a top down or? <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, it's top down. Uh, it's really, really intricate zombie mm. survival. But it's okay. a lot of fun and it's multiplayer. So it's a really good time, especially oh, yeah. with friends. But actually, I've been playing something on the Switch. I think Alex, you might want to look into it. Have you played Starlink yet?
0: No, I have not.
1: Okay, so Starlink is a game that's like a, it's like a sci-fi starfighter game, um, and it's really fun, and just happens to, for some reason, have Star Fox in it.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, so I do know of the game, and this is this, so this came out last year. Right, came out yeah. for last holiday season, and because I remember the ships uh, haven't come out for it as well. Although they weren't, they weren't widely sold in stores. I think they yes. typically have to get them online. Um, you yeah, the digital
1: ones in the in the Switch store.
0: Yeah, yeah, and then there's and then there's some high quality actual replicas of them as well out there.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's uh it's a really it's a really kind of fun arcadey space shooter. So like. I think it's, like, really up your alley. You should definitely check it out. Um, But, uh, yeah, I'm surprised with how much fun I'm having with it. Oh, it's great, Uh, man. And uh, what seemed at first to be a shoe-in with Star Fox, he's actually a part of the story from pretty much the beginning. Like, him and his team. Not just him. It's him, Slippy, Peppy, and Falco. But but they're actually there hunting Star Wolf, which makes complete sense.
2: (laughs) Oh, (laughs) interesting. Because that's just what they do.
1: Yeah. So the idea is that they're from the Corneria system, but Star Wolf supposedly retreated to here, so they're hunting them, and they happen to meet up with the main crew right at the beginning of the game. Okay. So they're actually in- integral to the actual storyline, but as far as a crossover is concerned, it's being handled extremely smoothly, and to be honest, I wouldn't be able to say that this is not in-universe in for the Star Fox universe.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's interesting. Yeah, I remember when that came out. And I, I mean, that is the Star Fox game for the Switch generation. Like that, that is the game, right? Effective, like, so if you're yeah. into Star Fox and and you want to get into, you know, something like that, check out this next iteration of it. It's definitely an evolution of the series up
1: to this actually, point. Actually, technically not. It's actually a devil. It actually devolves technically because if you've ever played the original Star Fox on the SNES, mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. actually plays more like this game. Because you actually didn't have, like, set missions like how you do in, like, the N64, the Star Fox 2 for right. SNES. Right. Where, you, where it was just, like, you fly straight and stuff like that. No, no, in the original one, you actually had 3D combat quite a bit. And you would be doing things like shooting down missiles, fighting, like, some weird fucking snake thing. Um, I, I've been playing the SNES versions, essentially, through Switch Online. So, yeah, the, which, if you haven't played those yet, if you've got Switch Online, you have free access to the SNES and uh nes bundles uh download them play pilot wings play Star Fox, all those games it's fun dude yeah
0: I, I think it looks good too and then uh i've also heard of some other stuff on switch uh in fact a lot is on sale i don't know if it still is it's not anymore War. yeah, yeah it, but it, man there was a crazy sale going on so i picked up uh bastion and transistor
1: i also uh, picked up bastion bastion yep been playing that one
0: yeah yeah but it was only like nine bucks for each them, so i'm like shit like i better just pick them up and then yeah. uh just just to buy my time for cyberpunk i also downloaded um re-downloaded stardew valley to kind of try to get back into for this week just to kind of chill out for a bit but yeah. uh, i just i didn't want to get started on anything that that i'd be real into because when cyberpunk drops like that's that's game over that's it man <laughs> so that's uh that's gonna be my gaming life for
1: you're, the next you're getting that on the playstation here. right what's that you're getting that on the playstation
0: yep getting on ps4 yep
1: nice nice uh oh. i'm actually i'm starting my pre-download tomorrow i think for the pc so Ooh, oh yeah man oh we'll yeah. See. So. We'll see. cool all right
0: well i i guess that's it for my playing watching do you have anything else uh
1: do i have anything else nothing of note uh pretty much touched on everything that i played cool uh, a couple of other games but not for long enough to worth really getting into uh, okay and yeah, other than that, I think I'm just watching Star Trek Discovery, which has been great, actually. I've actually really liked it.
0: Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, kind of, kind of a fun thing to get into. I, I've been re-watching um, for, I don't know, the fifth or sixth time uh, One Punch Man. I still haven't seen season two, dude. I'm dying to see season two.
1: Yeah, I can't... Um, well, I mean, I could just... I could obviously, like, get on a pirate ship, but, yeah. like, the... I've been trying to find a legitimate source for the for the show, but it just doesn't exist. I just want it to pop Uh, up on
0: freaking Netflix or something. Like that's where I'm watching the first season.
1: Yeah. I mean like that's the thing about sexual being in Canada, we don't have access to Hulu really. Yeah. And they had it. I'm not sure if they still do.
0: I think it's about one of my favorite animes i love one punch man i just think it's they're so great. fucking good yeah. so fucking good and uh the way that they kind of deconstruct that that genre and uh yes. and build it back up again it's just freaking brilliant so and i love all the side characters all the side characters sort of are takeoffs of another character from somewhere yeah. else in anime and they're yes. so fucking funny and, and i just they can't are. get over and and it kills me it absolutely kills me that like in the intro they show like you know, One Punch Man with Genos, who's another powerful character to show, and then it shows of an overlay of them as like Moomin Rider, who's this absolute mm-hmm. dickwad bike rider guy, who's like a big—he's trying to act like, like hero, Rider, but he is. just gets—I love him, but he just gets his ass kicked all the time. There's the one episode where he spends the whole episode just trying to get to the fight. <laughs> like, it's yeah. so funny, man. So anyway, yeah, great, great show. If you haven't seen One Punch Man, go check it out. You're crazy if you haven't seen it. It's one of the best animes ever. Oh shit. Cool. All right. Well, that's all I got. And we can cut it off now, make make it a quick and easy edit for me tonight. I'm just gonna plug it in, toss <laughs> some music on. We're good to go for episode one thirteen of geek Geekfish Podcast. And Adam won't have missed all that much except for the, the wonderful Mando discussion. So
1: that's some of the most important shit ever.
0: Well, this honestly it's probably the most we've ever gushed about Star Wars on the show. Like by a long shot. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe since uh-huh. like
0: Fallen Order. So, uh, For a while. yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. So it's, it's maybe a once in a lifetime thing, or maybe it becomes the new thing. Right. And, uh, just so you know, too, I am referring to our show more as Ronan geek news now. So I, I don't know if it's going to become an official thing yet or not. Uh, I was going to run it by you guys to see what you think, but I, I just think Ronan geek news is easier. I'm so sick of saying official podcast. <laughs> so I just want to make it easier. Ronin geek news. We, we Why
1: would you call it Ronin easier. geek?
0: <laughs> well, I, I feel like news is the, is the, is the, uh, what it is that we technically do uh on a week-to-week basis so news and current events things like that so anyway we'll get to that in the future but uh we should be up and available everywhere now iTunes we're back up on Spotify uh iHeartRadio Google, you name it, man. We're everywhere now. We're back up. I even, I even registered for Stitcher and Amazon Music. So we, we are officially just fucking everywhere at this point. So there's no reason to not be listening or something to the show. So please do, and I would appreciate it. So anyway, this is Alex Dawson signing. Uh, Alex, Who am I? Alex Dawson, signing off <laughs> <And laughs> for episode 113. So and Rob. All right. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you.